enthusiasts, you know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It is early on a Saturday morning. I've got my cup of joe, that lovely cup of coffee. Got to get it going. Mickey Zizzy, early in the morning, grab some coffee, sit down, and go through our podcast with us. We got a lot to discuss going through Super Wild Card Weekend, Persons of the Week, catching up, and got, got some debates and some other things to discuss as far as rules in the NFL. But, man. What a weekend. You want to talk about one of the greatest weekends of football, possibly the greatest weekend of football I've ever seen. I, I mean, what what more is there to say? I mean, it's, it's episode 33. You know we're repping finical supplementation. We're here to show out. But, Mickey, man, talk to me. I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm blown away. Still a week later. Woo! Let's get it. Zach, <clears throat> Zachary Yankovic, congratulations on throwing the same amount of touchdowns as a MVP caliber NFL quarterback. That being Aaron Rodgers. Congrats, Yank. Uh, you and me both threw the same amount of touchdowns in a playoff game. Like, that means we're pretty good at football, Yank, for us to do that. Uh, sorry, you know how to come out swinging, uh, swinging for the fences here. Uh, it's an early Saturday morning. I'm uh, live from Milwaukee. We have a big tournament up here, so uh, super excited. We still can get this in here, uh, the episode in. But uh, like you said, football has been uh, insane. Um, the best divisional round known to man, and uh, makes the sport even more great. Like why it's the best sport there is. Exactly. I mean, it's the one thing. All these other sports. You get series and you get best of sevens. And for the most part, you know, the better team does pull out at the end. I mean, you always got other little factors coming in, injuries, whatever else you want to call it. But football, you got one shot, man. You got one shot. And anybody can win on any given Sunday or Saturday, I guess. That would be out on the playoffs. But what more can you ask for, man? But before we dive into that, of course, let's get it. I know you're in Milwaukee. I know it's super early even there. But who's your person of the week, man? Let's start it off. Yeah, so my person of the week is down here in Milwaukee, and it's Melissa Kurth. She is our club director here uh, for the team that me and Haley coach for. Uh, super awesome program. It's just something that you really think about, like all the ins and outs of creating like a team, creating a club team for, you know, hundreds of athletes. And it's actually like insane the amount of work that goes into it. But uh, fighting these awesome tournaments, I mean, we were walking around checking our team in yesterday. I'm like, this is so cool. So really excited for uh, the opportunity to coach down here and uh, super excited to be a part of an awesome club. Absolutely, man. I mean, the fact that you were out there, I think it was it earlier this week even, that you were out there taking up like some head coaching duties and helping out and doing some other things and things of that nature. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, no, that's super awesome. I'm glad that you were able to get up there. Um, I would say, yeah, Milwaukee's north. So, yeah, get up there and have some fun this weekend, be able to be a part of all that. That's awesome, man. Um, on my end of things, it's not necessarily – I mean, it is you, but it's going to – I'm going to I'm gonna shout out – I'm going to shout out the wifey, man. Shout out Haley. <laughs> shout out Haley. Can I say Haley Hines yet? Is that cool? Is that cool sure. yet? Yeah, let's uh, do it. But we'll go with that. But, no, I got to shout her out just – just for the whole fact of like, well, no, nobody has made you this happy, man. And I see how happy you are. I see how happy both of you are. It's awesome to see you guys build your relationship and get closer and closer, better and better every single day, stronger and stronger. But 
dude, we got a wedding this year. We got a wedding to go to. I finally got my box. Our addresses and everything were figured out correctly. Right. I'm so excited for this trip, man. So excited for you guys to get married. Um, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I'm out here taking pictures and trying to figure out how I the most difficult sets of selfies I've ever had to do. I'm not going to lie. Like trying to set up the camera and face it to where it's not going to be reflected and like showing the box face in the wrong way. Dude, it was difficult. It was difficult. But um, just happy as hell to be a part um, of your groomsman squad and get the Avengers to assemble and have a great time in November, man. Just super excited and look, uh, looking forward to the wedding. Oh, yeah, just like the box says, you can't have Mickey without Zizzy. I mean, the reason why we do this <laughs> podcast, but uh, we're super excited for you, part of our big day as well. Uh, very, very stoked about that. Absolutely, man. But it's going to be a beautiful day. I'm excited. I'm excited oh, to get yeah. out of Florida for a little bit. It will uh, seems that winter gets pushed a little bit further back nowadays. So, you know, it'll be cold, but it won't be crazy cold up there. We'll, we'll figure it out. It'll be a good time. Oh, yeah. Speaking of a good time, uh, I know some other people didn't have a necessarily good time on this weekend of football, but myself wasn't too bad. Now, when having nervous, man, when now looking at it, playoff predictions, you and the fans are tied at six and two, and I'm here at five and three. Uh, Not necessarily the best, but here we are. Moving on with that. We are going to talk about the game that I already talked about, Yank. Uh, yeah. yeah. The game get that it, I predicted get right. It get it through it. Yep. The game that I predicted right. Now, Yank, a few few weeks ago, there was a man, myself, who thought of this like kind of crazy idea. Now, it happened a few episodes ago how I brought this up. And what I brought up was that the Packers would lose – based off of special teams. And you can go back, I think I've said it a few times on this podcast. And Yank was I so right. Special teams are special for a reason. I called it. I mean, I called it to a T, capital T. I don't know how else you want to put it. Um, Blocking a punt for a touchdown, like I was listening to other podcasts, Yank, if they don't block that punt and return it for a touchdown, I still think the Packers win that game. Like, that's how confident. Well, they do. They do. They do. So, I mean, that's how huge that special teams play was, and I was completely right. And it's just so sad that, you know, the 49ers defense is that good. I don't think they're that good to hold this high-power offense of the Green Bay Packers to just a touchdown and a field goal. Um, You also have the block kick right before halftime. Then it would have been a tie game instead. But, uh, Yank, I mean, it's really, really tough to see. But at the same time, Robbie Gold, I was uh, looking at his his cleat, his shoe, because I have it right before he kicked that. And uh, does Robbie Gold own Aaron Rodgers? Do the 49ers own Aaron Rodgers? Who knows? It's a great debate to have. You know, I mean, the 49ers owning Aaron Rodgers actually might be a great debate at this point. I mean, I don't believe he's beaten them in the playoffs, if I'm correct. I know he's lost at least the last three times he's played them in the playoffs, and two of them being – um, in very heartbreaking fashions. The last one in that uh, NFC championship in which everybody had their hopes high and they come in and get absolutely obliterated by the 49ers. Um, and then this year, obviously, you're the number one seed. You're coming off a bye. You're playing at home. You're in Lambeau. The cold, everyone talks about the cold, which I get it may have played a factor in the game. But at the same point, 
these are the Green Bay Packers. Like they practice in this, they thrive in this. This is their environment. Nobody wants to come to Lambeau because the Packers are used to playing in that kind of inclement weather at Lambeau. Um, and for Aaron Rodgers to show up and not throw a touchdown pass in a divisional round game, it's it, it's very, very hard to see. I mean, this is two weeks in a row now that we've looked at this 49ers team and one of us has picked them on a major upset. And the other one of us is sitting here like, absolutely not. There's no way. And yet here again with the person denying it, the possibility being completely, completely wrong. Um, you're 100% right. I think it's, it's – uh, I don't know. They might own them. Maybe it's the fact that Rodgers loved them as a kid. That's his favorite team growing up. And maybe he's got some like weird nostalgia or some curse that he can't get over. It's like, I, I don't know what to say about it, but to only score 10 points in a divisional playoff game and have it be what I believe is going to be his last year in Green Bay. I mean, this is, that's a, it's a total blow to the organization. It's a blow to the fan base. Um, and it's a blow to Aaron Rodgers legacy. It really is. It's a huge blow. And the thing was, like, you have to win all three phases of the football game. Honestly, their defense won. I think Green Bay's defense, I mean, they forced a interception. I mean, Jimmy G threw over 130 yards in an interception and won a playoff game. Like, it doesn't get more better than that. And I was talking to you how the 49ers were going to win. They were going to establish the run. They're going to have this huge running day. They only had 106 total rushing yards. Aaron Jones on the flip side. Oh, no. Um, but on the flip side, like, Green Bay had no rushing attack. Granted, A.J. Dillon had a touchdown. But, like, but like there was no there was exciting news for them to have a big rushing game, the reason why they won this football game. And throwing an interception, no touchdowns. Like, you just don't hear of teams doing that and winning playoff games. But special teams was so huge that it ended up winning a football game. And, I mean, we called it. I mean, everyone kind of knew it. Every Packers fan's like, yeah, our special teams is probably one of the worst in the league. And the playoffs really showed that. And, like, I just can't believe it actually happened. Like, I was just dumbfounded and just looked at the screen like, this is actually happening. Like, pinch me because I knew you heard me on the podcast. I was – my bias took control last week, but it was absolutely insane the result that happened. Uh, very exciting football game. Yeah, I mean, I know you're coming in making that pick with bias on your mind, but at the same time, I know as a Bears fan, you were ecstatic watching the end of this game. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely ecstatic. I know who's hurting the most right now is our main man, Hunter. You know that. But at the same time, it's just – it's I, I don't know what to make of Jimmy G. I don't know what to think hey, of – he is a winner. I mean, he is. He's a winner. But, I mean, I believe his playoff record, what, he's, like, got one loss to, what, four or five wins now in his playoff career. I mean, the guy shows up when he needs to to win the game, not necessarily to give you the stats that you need to do. I mean, like we said, 131 to 131 yards and interception. The Green Bay Packers defense didn't allow a touchdown, Mickey Hines. They didn't allow a touchdown, and they lost the game. I mean, from a defensive perspective – how upset are you with the offense? Like I know, like I nobody wants to go out there and pinpoint the blame on somebody else or another aspect of the team. But defense, you're looking at the offense. Offense, you're looking at special teams. I mean, you get a kick right before half blocked. That completely makes it a two possession game. Changes the perspective of the whole game. Then block at the end, which is return for a touchdown. That's their points. That's the game right there. They win. They went right there. The the 49ers should have had three points for the entire game, and you move on, and that's it. But that's how football works. It's a three 
So you got three different aspects of the game to cover and special teams are special. Coach B preached it. You preach it now as a special teams coach and coordinator when you do that. Like we understand. Like what what is the stat or something like I don't eighty percent of teams, eighty percent of teams who block it go on to win. And I bet you tire at this point. Thank you. That's what I'm saying though. But every single time that something as big of um, as a block kick, block punt happens, the complete the momentum, the trajectory of the game, it all changes. And so at that point, especially when they return the touchdown, you start to get that feeling. Like as a fan or somebody that even played the game before, you're like, Oh God. Here, here we go. Here's the meltdown. Something's happening. This is crazy. And for it all to basically happen at the end of the game, I mean, that kick, like we said, happened before the half. But, I mean, the block punt happens super late. The field goal happens with, um, with no time left on the clock. I mean, I mean, Yank, I'm telling you, special teams are special. and They are. The, and even in the Georgia-Alabama National Championship, Georgia blocked a kick. They went on to win the football game. So even in big-time games, the stat is still true. And I remember watching this game, Yank, and it happened right before kickoff, or right before the half. I'm like, okay, that's a before the half block kick. It's not too monumental. And Haley's super upset. I said, Haley, what's wrong? And she's like, Mickey, 80% of teams that block a kick go on to win the football game. I'm nervous. I looked at her, and I'm like, first off, I love you. But like, <laughs> you're right. As a Packers fan, like, I would be worried. So, uh, you know, that was an awesome moment there. But uh, I don't know how the 49ers are doing it. If you really digest this team, like we talked about, their team, yeah, they, their defense only let up 10 points. Like, yes, their defense is the sole reason why they're here in the NFC Championship. But their quarterback did nothing. Their running game really didn't do nothing like 53 yards it and no, it was there was no there's no eye-popping stats i mean debo samuel made plays when he needed to down the stretch they um jimmy g made the throws that he did complete um the big ones were down the stretch on that final drive to get the field goal to win the game i mean you have the clutch you have the long second and seven you have the short third down you got to make those plays and they complete the passes debo uses legs on a few plays i mean their players made plays when they needed to down the stretch. But, yeah, it wasn't an overwhelming offensive game. I wasn't impressed by the 49ers necessarily that they of how they played. It was just special teams are special. They came out and they made the upset. Like I'm, I mean, I'm still – it'll probably be three weeks in a row where I'm looking at this 49ers team. Like, they uh, – I, like, I mean, I know I, I picked them to win against the Cowboys, but again, in a way, that was just a feeling. I told you I, somebody's got to get upset, right? That was my pick for that. This past week, I'm looking at him saying, no way. This is the t- this is the year for Aaron Rodgers. This is probably his last year in Green Bay. He comes out, they're going to do something special. They come out and completely ruin that party. I mean, I'm looking at them as the ultimate underdog. They, they remind me of like the 07 New York Giants at this point. You're coming in like they're a great football team, but you're not expecting them to do any damage in the playoffs. And here they are, one win away from another trip to the Super Bowl. Um, they got a big opponent ahead of them. But, yeah, I mean, this this is crazy. And then to me, I guess the biggest question that comes down to it now when you're looking at the Packers is, is, is Rodgers done in Green Bay? Is he is he out of there? Is well, he leaving? Is he so many – We know this affects his legacy as far as playoff games and wins, like nobody's going to put him in the conversation of some of these other quarterbacks, which is unfortunate, but it's true. You got to win when it's big. But man, as far as what he does in green, I mean, green Bay, I don't, I, if they lose Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they are nearly the same team. I don't think they get near this um, type of opportunity again for a bit. So interested to see what happens. 
I mean, you have to look at it. It's going to be a huge debate the entire off season. There's been so many bugs, so many worms saying like, oh, he's going to leave. He's going to stay. But I mean, rumor on the street, you know, Denver Broncos just hired Coach Hackett, the OC for Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers loves him. But then you also hear on the flip side that Aaron Rodgers has felt the best he's felt about Green Bay and their fan base and the overall organization. So, I mean, it's going to be another exciting ride of a summer, kind of like when every superstar athlete makes the decision either to stay home or to go to, go to another team. And uh, old quarterbacks just go to Denver to win Super Bowls. I mean, he's kind of following the Peyton Manning path. All right, we go to Broncos for my last two seasons, go out on a Super Bowl. Um, so it'll be, be nice to be a Denver fan, huh? Oh, yeah. Like, let's just get all the greatest quarterbacks of all time to just when they're getting out of their prime and they're getting a little bit worried toward the end of their career. Oh, we'll just go to Denver. We'll go to Denver. We'll go to Super Bowl real quick. But, yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see. I know we're going to talk about it. If we're not talking about it, every every uh, sports media outpost is going to be sitting here talking about it and covering that news. So, it'll be cool to see what happens moving forward. But, Moving on for us, let's get away from that one and get on to the next game from Saturday. Yeah, uh, we're going to go to the 49ers opponent, that being the Los Angeles Rams, uh, beating the Bucks. Uh, people would say it upset. I mean, you predicted this, that this was going to happen. And once again, it was an exhilarating game. Tom Brady goes and does his thing in the fourth quarter, gets the team up or ties the game after being down by what? 27 to 3 or whatever. 27 to 3. That score on the 28, 27 to 3. That he loves that score, apparently. He comes back and ties it and then just got left too much time for Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford was having a day. 366 for two touchdowns. Like that's what you want out of a quarterback in the playoffs. Cooper Cup, Yank. Everyone and their mom knows that Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the NFL right now. And you Nine receptions for 180 yards. This is what was concerning me. The secondary for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you let their all-star go out and be an all-star. Even Odell had six for 69 yards. Like, he was their second leading receiver. And that's here. I'm not blaming it on their defense. But, like, I knew their secondary would be a potential reason why they would lose this football game. On the flip side of offense, because, you know, we love offense on this show. Um, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady goes 320 for a touchdown and interception. Not terrible. Not great. I thought thought Brady, for what he had, honestly, had a great game. Yeah. But once again, Mike Evans, 120 yards and a touchdown. Went and balled out. Gronk had 85 yards. Playoff money had two touchdowns. So, like, the Bucs played well just too late. I mean, their first half was very, very, very bad. Everyone everyone marked him off. Everyone's like, all right, the Rams are the NFC Championship, and here comes Tom Brady, the GOAT, doing his thing again. And when he needed his defensive ball just once to potentially force an overtime win or force an overtime, it doesn't happen. And uh, the Rams are scary. Yank, uh, the Bucks are still nothing to play with, even with all their injuries and banged-up people. Um, they're nothing to play with. The Rams, I mean, you've called it from the get-go, and they're one one stop away. they got to beat a, a divisional rival, and that being the 49ers. And uh, it's going to be very exciting. But uh, the Rams are uh, on the paper, one of the best teams, like we've said. I mean, every single episode uh, ever since the 2021-2022 season has started. Yeah, I mean, what a game. What a hell of a game. Um, yeah, I mean, I can say that for every single game. I think every single game came down to the last possession this past weekend. It really did. <laughs> it really did. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, what is there said? I mean, the Rams are a fantastic team. Like it's a dark horse for the Super Bowl for a long time now. I mean, Matt Stafford has proven exactly why the Rams have gone out to get them. I've said that week after week. But in the playoffs, he's really shown it, especially when you're coming against a Tampa Bay uh, defense that had all of its starters for the first time, um, all of its projected starters from week one. They all actually played and started for the first time. So this was the first time their defensive lineup was, like, actually 100% healthy. Um, so you're thinking, okay, they're going to come out. This is the defense that we expected that won the Super Bowl last year. We're talking lockdown. Stafford's always good for, I don't know, at least one interception. But, no, he comes out, pretty much plays flawlessly. Cooper Cup, what more is there to say about him? The absolute stud of a receiver he's been this season. Um, but, really, I mean, I feel I feel great about the Bucks at least moving forward. As long as Brady decides to come back, obviously that will be a big question again for the offseason. But if Brady comes back, I mean, you're looking at a team that was down 27-3, basically erases this deficit, ties it in a quarter against one of the best teams in the league, and they're doing it all without their best wide receivers. I mean, A.B. is gone. Chris Godwin is going to be gone until some part in the middle of next year, I'm assuming. Um you're talking about Tristan Wirfs, which I told – I mean, we both talked about it. If Tristan Wirfs doesn't play, the Buccaneers are in a load of trouble. And, I mean, that offensive line was running all day. They were just on skates. People were pushing them in the backfield. Brady's having to get – I mean, he always gets rid of the ball quick, but he had to get rid of the ball immediately, it felt like, for a majority of that game. And he's still able to throw for over 300 yards and a touchdown at 44 years of age in a playoff game. Like – Got to feel good about them moving forward because if they do have more of their pieces and everything else, you know, like if they don't have those injuries, do they win that game? Do they complete that comeback? I wouldn't have been surprised if they did. Um, but like you said, left too much time on the clock. I mean, I, I blame the defense just honestly for a total collapse. I mean, with only 30 seconds left, you cannot allow two deep bombs to just erase the entire yardage on the field, give them a chip shot field goal. But I mean, this is the NFL. Anything can happen. I think we saw, I don't know, the two touchdowns from the Bucks to tie the game and then all those plays all within the last three minutes in that game. So, uh, I mean, again, crazy ending, super entertaining to watch. Both teams honestly deserve to be in the NFC Championship, so it wouldn't have really mattered to me either way. Um, but I'm glad the Rams got the win on that one because uh, I was nervous after Saturday with the pickups for sure. Yeah, the playoff prediction. Speaking of that, I uh, I fluked. It went over my head. My notes didn't update on the iPad, but uh, eight and two for the fans and Zezzy and Mickey's at five and five. So uh, I had a rough playoff prediction. Oh, no, no, no. You, had, you had two wins because my Bucks lost and the Bills lost. So um, huge monumental swing. Like we said, it was going to be a swing either way for the playoff predictions. Now speaking of that, like I'm going to give everyone my next prediction already. Um, and that Rams team is going to beat the 49ers. I think they come and ball out, ball out, and I think Matt Stafford goes to a Super Bowl. I just I just have this vision and of seeing the L.A. Rams logo next to, like, the Super Bowl logo. I see them in those really nice uniforms playing in – aren't they playing in L.A.? Playing at their own stadium, uh, kind of back-to-back years for that. And uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. And I think, like, the, the Rams are ready. They've built the team you know, exactly how they wanted to. And Sean McVay is going to make a trip back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, if you want to if we want to talk about pickings and do, do them in advance in a way, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I kind of hinted at it a little bit when we were talking about the Niners. I mean, for three straight weeks, this isn't 
a team that I'm looking at necessarily and being like, hands down, they're winning this game. Or like, I feel really good about the 49ers. Like, no, like they're in the NFC championship. But to me, honestly, the better team last week didn't win that game. They mean, I mean, they just, they won the game. It's any given Sunday in the NFL. So you have to appreciate them and you have to know that this is a great team. They, I mean, this is the same team that came back on the Rams uh, earlier in the season. I believe they had a 17 point comeback against. So I'm expecting a good game, but no, no, the, the Rams are winning this game. Man. Like they have, they have to, I mean, I feel like this is the Rams chance for a Super Bowl. They went all out to get Stafford to get Von Miller. The defense is playing out of its mind. The offense is going crazy. Cooper cup is, been fantastic. Odell Beckham has revived his career in Los Angeles. I mean, there's just Cam Akers is back and running pretty well, even though he had that late fumble last week. He's looked pretty good for the most part. I just, I think the Rams are the better team, and I think it just would be a better representation of the NFC at the end of the day. So I'm also with you. I think the Rams are going to do this. Yeah, my final thing about the Rams is, like I said, I just showed you, I talked about like that vision um, on paper. They're good. I mean, probably all the kids these days are playing as the Rams on Madden, especially with Odell on that team. Uh, and you said how his career has been revived. I mean, he's actually like, happy again. You see him dancing in the locker room. Like he is back to just playing football and having fun. And they have the regular season, you know success and now they've beaten a very I mean the Super Bowl champs from last year they beat them I know they're a little bit banged up though that's still credit to their name moving on to the next week and uh yeah it's gonna be exciting NFC championship it's gonna be a close one a rivalry but uh yeah it's gonna be great yeah man I mean I can't I just I love me some football we don't gotta do Saturday and Sunday it's all Sunday ticket this weekend baby let's go I'm excited speaking of Sunday our uh, football, you know, Saturday, Sunday tickets. We have to move on to the AFC, um, which was even wild. We talked about divisional round being the best of all time. And the Titans game, Yank, I'm actually, like, kind of blown away. But, I mean, we talked about earlier how you can't blame it on one person. But once again, this game, I think you kind of can. No, I will. Game, I will. Yank, you I will. cannot throw three interceptions and win a game. Um, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you can't do that. I mean, you have Derrick Henry. Yeah, he came out and he had 20, 20 rushes for 60 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's three yards to carry. That's not necessarily bad, Yank. And A.J. Brown had 142 yards receiving and a touchdown. So, I mean, A.J. Brown had a great day. And Julio got a ball out. But when your quarterback keeps giving the ball back to the offense and that offense is getting sacked nine times on the flip side, that being the Cincinnati Bengals, it's absolutely insane. This game was another wild one. It wasn't necessarily super good defense. It was just poor choice making by quarterbacks in this game, in my opinion. But the Bengals went and did it. It was a very sloppy game. And their kicker, the rookie kicker, uh, McPherson, his veins. He, he went up to the team. He's like, huh, I guess we're going to an AFC championship right before he came back. <laughs> and come on. If that's not swag, I don't know what is. Um, and then on that flip side, real quick, Joey Burr. Joey Burrow, Joey the franchise. Joey Burrow. Uh, keeping an entire city happy. One man, I think, made at least half of the population in Cincinnati smile, happy, cry of happiness, because they're going to the AFC Championship. Uh, they have a little team there. We said, Yank, that it would take two, three years for them to be a dominant force and to make an AFC Championship. Well, boy, were we wrong, because Joey Burrow took them to the AFC Championship, and he just has winning in his blood as well. We talked about Joe uh, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, well, Joe Burrow, two years ago, won a national championship. Then he tears his ACL. Now he's one game away from going to the biggest stage in the NFL, and that being the Super Bowl. He's one game away, which is incredible. But I'm happy to hear your take. I think you have some takes about Ryan Tannehill coming up. All right. Well, first and foremost, as a fan, just as a fan, like you can't hate watching the Bengals' success, man. Like it's, oh, it's no. super, dude. It's super cool to watch. And I mean, I said this before um, the games last week on our last uh, podcast episode. I mean, I thought that was the toughest game to pick. I really did. I really did. Looking at that, the Bengals are for real, man. They are they're one they were one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs, just how they were playing with Joe Burrow having those uh four two four hundred yard games and in three games, throwing all the touchdowns that he was, the emergence of T. Higgins along with Jamar Chase. Um, I mean, they're so young. That's the big thing about them too, is like this isn't a team that was built for a Super Bowl run this season. Like we're not talking about the Rams, we're not talking about the Buckets literally put together and assembled in the last couple seasons just for this moment like no this is all draft picks this is all development these are young players a young core very very impressive to be able to see what they're doing i mean joey b joey burr as you're calling him ice in his veins i mean he didn't really like go crazy as far as like he didn't throw any touchdowns he played he played winning reception, but he played winning football he made the plays when he needed to i mean the man got sacked nine times you get sacked nine times, you're supposed to lose the football game. Like, I don't care what you say. As a game, if you're sacking a quarterback nine times and getting that kind of pressure on him, you're in control of that game. But he's still out there. He completes almost 350 yards in passes. Jamar Chase does his thing as a rookie coming out there over 100 again. C.J. Uzuma, T. Higgins, all over 60 yards received. I mean, the young guns came to play. And the Bengals, they have all the swagger in the world. They got all the confidence in the world in themselves. I expect them to make it a game in Kansas City. Do I expect them to win? Probably not. But do you think it's going to be a game? I think it will be a game. I do. Just because, I mean, you got to remember, this is the same. The Bengals and the Chiefs played each other earlier in the regular season. I know they're a different form of themselves. But, I mean, the Bengals handed it to them. And they came out there. They knew it was a primetime game. They know everybody's watching. When you got somebody like Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, all of them on the other side of the field, you know people are paying attention. And the Bengals came out and proved a point that week in the regular season. I don't see why they're going to shy away from the moment this week. Um, this is a team that hadn't won a playoff game since text messages were invented, and now they've won two and they're in the AFC Championship. I mean, two years ago, 2019-21, you were talking about Joe Burrow, or 2019-2020, you are talking about Joe Burrow winning a national championship that year the Bengals started that season 0 and 12 okay there was a guy if you watch there's a ESPN series I highly suggest to anybody it's called better days um, it's literally just little 15 minute short stories and films about um, crazy betting stories that have happened in sports and they're super entertaining um, you find watch on ESPN plus whatever else but literally that season the there was a Bengals fan that slept on his roof for 57 days because he made a bet that the Bengals were going to win against the Cardinals. And then it was like the next time that he was allowed down was when the Bengals won. They didn't win for like two months. Okay. They went 0-12 to start that season. Now here we are two years later. They're in the AFC championship game. At the end of that episode, they were asking a guy like, well, I mean, you guys got Joe Burrow. So maybe at the end of this uh, losing season, it was totally worth it. You're damn right it was. 
You're damn right. It was. The Bengals are back. They're better than ever. They're going to be here for a minute, man. They really are, especially with how young they are. Uh, I'm excited to watch them. But that's enough about me hyping up the Bengals. This game was about Ryan Tannehill. And boy, can I talk my crap. I mean, everyone wanted to always talk about, oh, wow, look what Ryan Tannehill does the moment he leaves Miami. The moment he gets out of the, of the Dolphins uniform, he takes teams to AFC champions and wins playoff games. No, he does not. No, he does not. Derrick Henry does that. The Titans defense does that. Ryan Tannehill does not win games like that. You cannot put him, put all your chips on Ryan Tannehill. Think about his receivers. You got A.J. Brown. Out there going for over 120. Like, you're bringing in Derrick Henry and you're trying to reincorporate him in the offense. I mean, he's getting 20 carries for only 64 yards. It was not his best game. It's not. But when you've got all your weapons, when you are supposed to be the better team, when you got a defense that is playing pretty well for the most part. You have to go out and win that game. But instead, you hand it away. I mean, it's the first game. You're at home in a divisional round playoff game. The first play from scrimmage, you're going to throw an interception. Let's just start it off there. And then the last play from scrimmage for you, you're going to throw an interception. I mean, I mean, there's countless times where they drive the ball, get things into the opponent's territory, and then you're just going to get the ball away. It's, it's playoff football, man. Turnovers matter even more now than ever. And for you to come out there and have a game like that, that game is on Ryan Tannehill. I do not care what anybody else says. Um, he's going to look back at this one. He's going to look at the team that they've constructed around him. It, it, it's on him for this loss. No, and I mean, that's how I started off with debating this game was Ryan Tannehill lost it for him. And we always talk about Yake, even when we play Madden, you know, we always joke around with that. But when you the ball over like we always say hope we lost the football game like there's one less possession we got to attempt to score at least get a field goal and as the titans you do that three times like you said the first play of the game like why don't you just hand it off to your man Derek henry and get the fans like a static for a four-yard run because he's back exactly um, it's insane i mean i thought they tried to just have a little run let's give the ball to ryan well that worked out great worked out great yeah, and I mean, you have to credit Cincinnati's defense, but, you know, I always talk about uh, on this podcast, if you hold a team under 20 points, you're going to go win a football game, and that was disproven twice in two games this week, and so that's kind of crazy, but, like, the Bengals did their job. They held Tennessee Titans to under 20 points, and they went and barely scored more. They put themselves in a winning situation for their kicker that they drafted to go win a football game, and... uh I just didn't see it coming. I thought this would be an easy route for the Titans. Like they didn't have to play the Bills or the Chiefs. So, I mean, they're like, all right, here's our game. And I think they kind of looked over the Bengals. And you don't do that with Joey, Joey the franchise here. You don't do that. Uh, you don't do that with a team period at this point in the NFL. You can't. But I'm with you. I feel like they kind of did. Um, you're the number one seed coming in off a of bye. You're at home. There's a lot of things in your favor. King Henry's back. I mean, that's the reason why all of us picked them. I mean, it kind of feels like a no-brainer when you just put it on paper, but that's why it's the NFL. And, I mean, at this point, predicting playoffs is so, so challenging with ridiculous crazy games. But, uh, yeah, Joey B's moving on, and I just – I hate to say it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I hate to say this. Like, oh, they're not going to win this weekend. There's no way. There's no chance. Because every time we've done that and gotten very hyped about them not winning, a team not winning, 
well, they're both sitting in the NFC and AFC championship, but they're playing the Chiefs. And I'll get to that playoff prediction in a second, but let's move on to yeah, let's just get to that Chiefs Bills game, man. I mean, you want to talk about this? It might have been the greatest game I've ever watched, ever, ever. It's up there. It's up there with that Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. It's up there with that Chargers Raiders game towards the end of this season. I mean, it, it's up there. It's uh, like you said, one of the best football games to watch. And for me, like. I really don't mind. I, I like both of these teams. I think, like we said, whoever wins this game goes and wins the Super Bowl. And uh, it was just a shootout. Patty Mahomey, 370 for three touchdowns. 320 for four touchdowns for Josh Allen. Um, Gabriel Davis. You guess see who, Guess Guess who uh, bet the under for Gabriel Davis in a parlay? Yeah, this guy. Don't tie him. Oh, stupid. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like, 50 some yards or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take that. And he goes off for, you know, record breaking playoff performance 200 and a touchdown and four touchdowns. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, where else can you begin besides close game at halftime to, oh, Kansas City's coming up. Here comes the Buffalo Bills. Oh, my goodness. 13 seconds left. The Bills are going to move on. John McDermott finally does it. All that revenge here, watching all those pictures of Stephon Diggs, watching the celebrations, finally get a payoff in 13 seconds. I mean, that's the that's the highlight of every ESPN show right now. It's 13 seconds. It took Patrick Mahomes. And you don't necessarily blow it to the defense. Like, you didn't want to send an all-out rush and have them get beat deep like in the Rams game. I mean, we saw so many times of what teams do in this, you know, with two-minute warning and whatnot. It's just they got too much yards and – Oh, my goodness. It was exhilarating to watch. That one timeout was super, super clutch for them. And they went and pulled off the impossible to tie the football game. And then they go to overtime. And, boy, are we going to have a huge overtime debate. But uh, you're quick. Yeah, I mean, indeed. I mean, from just from the jump, I mean, everyone expected it kind of to be that high-scoring, crazy, high-stakes type of game. But – from the jump, man, I mean, you're talking back and forth. It's a close game at halftime, like you said, for it to just come down to the wire that it did. I mean, if you watch the trajectory of who's winning that game, like the graphical representation, yeah. of that, it is the craziest back and forth, just jagged line up and down, up, down, up, down. The, the football power index, none of them even understood what the heck was going on for those last five minutes or so, or two minutes even, whatever it was. We had what three lead changes and a tie in the last three minutes of that football game. I guess ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you're talking Josh Allen. You feel for the kid, man. I mean, 300 plus yards, four touchdowns. You're supposed to win a football game. There's nothing that you can say against Josh Allen to say that it's on him for them for them losing that. No, it's I, I'm going to talk about the defense for if anything. But Gabriel Davis, the UCF alum setting records is crazy. I mean, you would expect Stefan Diggs to have a little bit more of a game um, with everything that was kind of leading up to it with him staring down the Chiefs last year winning all that, but still um, didn't really matter. It's not like it affected um, anything too much. I mean, they were still right there and did everything they had to do to win. But 13 seconds, man, it hurts. You know it's bad when, like, Chiefs fans are donating $13 a person on GoFundMe accounts to Bills fans for like the children's hospital hospital in the area as like a way to like make them feel better about losing that game. You know, it's bad when stuff like that is going on. Like that's heartbreaking to lose in that fashion. 
um, especially when Patrick Mahomes is at the line, basically playing backyard football. I don't know if you've seen the clips or anything of that, but when him and Travis Kelsey are just sitting there hitting hot routes and telling each other, hey, do this, do that. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Find space. Like, it's just incredible to see what they're able to do just on natural talent. They're not even necessarily running plays in that situation. They're just making it happen Um, to go down there tie that game after Gabe Davis gets to go ahead touchdown. I mean, the bills were celebrating on the sideline. They're celebrating on sideline with 13 seconds left. You know, it's killing them. It's eating at them to look at the game now. But like you said, Mahomes goes down 13 seconds, ties it. And then it comes down to an overtime coin flip in a way with the way that those offenses were playing at the end of the game. You kind of got the feeling whoever wins that coin toss wins the game. Obviously chiefs come away with it. Um, and the rest is history. I mean, they've made a great play. It's a great back shoulder throw in the end zone. Travis Kelsey makes a hell of a catch. I mean, it's just better offense is going to be good defense every time. It's just a matter of, like, it, it is heartbreaking if you're a Bills fan because um, – and it's also just, just as exhilarating if you're a Chiefs fan. You've now made it to three straight AFC championships. This is a dynasty type of look, dy- dynasty type of team we're talking about, and they will remain to be that way as long as their offense is this powerful. But – what a game, man! What a I game! Mean, it's crazy it to think grim. that it got down to a coin flip. Uh, debatable, but it got grim, <laughs> and Patty Mahomey was the Grim Reaper. Uh, that was a direct quote, quote from True. Andy Reid. Uh, that gets chills up your bones right there. But uh, speaking of that, um, we're gonna have a whole another episode on if the coin flip determines the winner of a football game i know it doesn't yeah. determine i will say this now i know it doesn't determine it because obviously defense is a part of the game i'm the biggest preacher of defense will win championships i'm a defensive player but and like yes how many times do we see overtime games go in and it's not decided on the first drive i get that but like you know when it's a game like that when you can tell just the flow of the game offense is going to go back and forth neither one of those offenses is getting stopped i do want to see college rules in that scenario play it back go back and forth come on i mean obviously you want to i mean the views would go up with a two point conversion kind of new rule that the college has but at the same time if these quote unquote offenses are so good the game's never going to end so the defense has to make a play. It's whatever defense. All right, you're up to the table first. If you don't do it, all right, your team loses. And if your team does it, sweet. Now it's up to the Kansas City's defense to do it. And I think the two sides of the football is so beneficial in overtime. Yeah, the momentum swung. All right, if the Bills would have went and kicked that last-second field goal in 13 seconds, I think the defense goes and balls out. Um, I think it was just more of the momentum shifts right before the game ended. Yeah, 13 seconds. Like, of course, you're going to have all the momentum on your side. Even if you're a defense, you're just like, we let them score. Our one job was to get one incompletion. Um, our one job was probably to squib the kick so it kills like three seconds off the clock so it doesn't happen this way. Coaching special teams error right there. But I mean, I got to play both sides. Yeah. I mean, there's other things that lead up to it. That's why I, I'm not going to say that it completely decided the outcome of the game because if anything, the biggest thing is that defensive 13 second letdown. I mean, you can't allow that to happen on special teams. Why do you not kick a squib kick? Honestly, that takes more time off the clock. That brings Mahomes out on the field with maybe eight to seven seconds instead of 13. Five seconds may not be a lot to some people, but trust me, Dak Prescott couldn't run and get down in 14 seconds in one play. And Mahomes took him 80 yards in 13. So I don't want to hear anything about that. 
but it's, it, it is it obviously impacted it from that standpoint. It was obviously once we know it is a tied game, it is going in overtime. You just kind of want to see both teams get that chance. Um, but I know it's not about what you see. It's about what you do. It's about what the rules are set up to be. But uh, uh, it is a debate to be had another day. It's just something that uh, I would like to see change. I know you might not want it on your end, but definitely something to talk about. And we'll get to it. I mean, they, they changed it for the field goal, which is awesome. Like, cool, I like that rule. Like, the field goal, all right, now you give them a chance. But if your defense lets up a touchdown, yeah, you don't deserve to get the ball back. Yeah, it's a waste on the coin flip. It's a 50-50% chance. A lot of these people wouldn't be hating as much because today's, you know, NFL is you want to hate on the quote-unquote villain, the quote-unquote best player in the league. People are tired of seeing Kansas City going to the Super Bowl, this and that. I mean, that's the rumor on the street. I'm looking at posts. It's all like our last hope is Joey Burrow to beat them in the, you know, Super Everybody's to, hey, It's like the Patriots, man. Nobody wants to see the same team win over and over again. Nobody me, does. Me? Go win it again, Kansas City. Hey, I'm not saying that. I just think a lot of people don't. You know that. People don't like to see the same winner. Oh, yeah, and that's my thing. Like, me as just a sports fan, like, I want the best team to go out and ball out, and uh, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are that. And, I mean, we were 13 seconds away from them not being going. So, I think mm-hmm. now the Kansas City Chiefs have a easier route, quote-unquote. I say that with the NFL, anything can happen. But Kansas City has an easier route to the Super Bowl, and I want to see them go back and try to have that whole revenge year. I mean, they worked their tails off all year for that redemption year as well because they lost in the Super Bowl, and they're one game away from being at the game. At it's the football game. immortality. Oh, it is. And speaking of talking about so, that, we're going to talk about the whole overtime rules in another episode, so I didn't want to dwell on that too No, much. I get you. I get you. But that's what I was saying. I was going to say, so with you leading up to that, that's what you want to see. Is that who you're taking? Is that who you think wins this right. AFC championship game? Yank. I would love to go on a tangent or say, you are so wrong for not choosing the Cincinnati Bengals, but we have both looked like fools on this podcast for the past two weeks with the 49ers, (laughs) so I can't be that dramatic about it. But I do think the Kansas City uh, Chiefs are the better football team, and they're going to win. I think Patrick Mahomes gets back to the Super Bowl. It's going to be another huge shootout, just like this one was. If Since I chose the Rams, it'll be Chiefs-Rams in the Super Bowl. And... I don't care who wins that game. Like, go Rams, Matt Stafford, go win yourself a Super Bowl. It was the Lions all the, uh, uh, all the time. Yeah, it was the Lions all along, man. Yeah, all along. That was the word I was looking for. And then the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, like, Patty Mahoney, go get you a second ring. You're only, what, 25, 24. Uh, he's, like, going to get a second ring before many other Hall of Famers did or more than many Hall of Famers have. So... It's going to be an exciting game no matter what. Joey B is going to try his heart out, but I think the defense is going to get to the best of the Bengals here. You can't allow nine sacks. We talked about they need an offensive line, and I think it's really going to show on the biggest stage in the AFC, the AFC championship. And the Chiefs are they are going to have to fight. They're going to have to face some adversity that game. But I think it's going to be like a 10-point, 14-point victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my prediction. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a, I'm a double up on that. I really do believe the Chiefs will come out of this game. Um, as much as I love Joey B, as much as I would love just as a fan of football to watch the Bengals continue their hot streak, um, 
I don't think that you go out and play that game against the Bills just to lose this week. I'm sorry. I mean, that was, if anything, that could have been a best of seven series for the Super Bowl, if you want to ask me. I mean, that's one of the greatest games I've ever seen. I know that some people are a little bit worried about some hangover from that game. I get it. But the offense is just dynamic. I mean, both offenses in this game are honestly great. But I think, like you said, it's going to come down to that. Um, it's going to come down to that offensive line, man. Like, you can't allow nine sacks against the Titans and then come into this game feeling confident that Joey B's going to be protected back there. I mean, I really just don't think that's going to happen. But um, I think, yeah, I just – I love I love what both teams are capable of doing on offense. I still give the edge a little bit to the Kansas City Chiefs, especially with the fact that they've been there before, they've done this. Like you said, this could be Patrick Mahomes' second Super Bowl by, before he's 26. Um, that puts him on like Tom Brady type of trajectory. Like, I mean, I know that it's still crazy to think that anybody won seven Super Bowls, but I mean, you give this cut somebody this kind of success this early in their career, I'm looking for them to produce those kinds of numbers. So, um, great game. I think it'll be pretty close, maybe a touchdown, maybe two. Um, but it'll be within that type of a, it'll be that kind of a gap for the game. But I will take the Chiefs, take the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, and I could be just the absolute villain here and predict the exact two things you didn't predict. Well, I'm surprised, I'm surprised you didn't go against it just with your pick thing right now. I just figured you might go against it just to hope. You know, and that's one way to look at it. But at the same time, I want to stay true to what I personally believe in on this show. And those are the two teams I think that are going to win. And uh, like you said, it's going to be another exciting game. Like that divisional round or the divisional rivalry is still going to be exciting in the NFC. And then the the young gun kids, the new kids on the block, are going to try to upset the very known, possibly best team in the NFL, top three team in the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, a little bit of David versus Goliath and some other people's opinions. But uh, Joey Franchise and Jamar Chase, like, they ain't nothing to play around with. Like, next year and the next few years, if they stay healthy too. Like, that team's going to be scary. I don't think this is their year. I mean, we've been saying it. I mean, you just can't. We're going to be coming back next week, maybe in a completely different thought. But in my eyes, uh, Chiefs, Rams, Super Bowl, uh, a lot of people predicted it. And uh, it's going to be another exciting weekend of football. Um, only like two, three weeks left, so that's kind of sad. Yeah, no, it is getting into the end of it, so it will be a little unfortunate. But I'm with you. I say Rams, Chiefs for the Super Bowl. I think that sounds like a hell of a Super Bowl. Super dynamic offenses, great storylines, both sides. Is one team going to be a dynasty? Is another team going to shake the – well, basically, is the quarterback going to shake off the Lions curse that he had for so many years and lead a fantastic team to a Super Bowl comeback victory? I mean, you never know. Never know. Going to be awesome to watch. But uh, I got some of my own football to get to today. Got a doubleheader for the flag team today. So uh, pretty excited about that here in a second. Hey, but, I want to um, the yeah, I got you. I got you. But either way, man, it's a big weekend of football. Looking forward to it. Hope everyone enjoys it. Any hot takes before we head out? Um, The hot takes is Zizzy Yank's going to get an interception today in this five football game. He has Ooh, hey, man, I don't know if it's People are just out here. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I ain't got nothing for y'all today. So with that being said, if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Sizzy, yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Sizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Well, morning. Peace. Yeah, well, you know what it is. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Peace.